Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Morning, everybody. Happy. Oh, it's an inset day. They're not going back to school. Marvellous. And welcome to the News Agenda with me, Fleet Street Fox. And today I'm joined by my fellow Mirror columnist and associate editor, Kevin Maguire. Good morning, Kevin. Morning, Foxy. Yes, uh, Netflix has been taking a hammering for the last few weeks in this house. Right, uh, this is the People's Pay-Per-View, so get into the comments, ask us your questions. Those of you listening later on podcast are just going to have to demand your own Baker Day, see how far you get with that. So, what have we got for you today? Well, the Mirror has splashed on an investigation into illegal vapes being sold to a 13-year-old child in evidence of a widespread failure to stop children getting addicted to nicotine, which is what the law is supposed to be doing. More on that later. But first, I want to take you to page two, where it's reported, Kevin, that the nurses might be planning what they're calling a mega strike. Now, what is that? Is Godzilla involved or something? Yeah, it would involve uh, nurses in areas such as uh, accident emergency, uh, cancer care, st- striking. The, the unions have been very careful who they've pulled out. It's been very partial. It's not been everybody in, in hospitals because we've now got this really messy situation where Unison, one of the big unions, probably most uh, healthcare workers, voted to accept the government's offer, but the Royal College of Nursing rejected it, overturned their leaders who said it was the best they could get through negotiations. So the RCN has to decide what to do next, and it's not its not easy. I used to cover the world of work uh, for various newspapers, and once the members overturn the recommendation of their professional negotiators, it's very hard to get a significant improvement in an offer. So Pat Cullen, who was saying as the RCN General Secretary, accept the offer not the it's not great they're not pretending that but they think it's the best they can get now has to talk up the threat of further industrial action been talking about all the way to to winter but they've got to reballot the rcn under employment law some would call it anti-trade union law you've got to, to reballot every six months in a, in a dispute and it may be maybe that she's talking up look we're really going to have to pull out all the stops and intensify industrial action to get anywhere in order to get some way for us to think, do we want to carry on this dispute? Pat Cullen would deny that, but I've known trade union leaders to do it in the past. Really? So you're suggesting that she's almost trying to scare the nurses into taking the offer because they don't? Yeah, she'd absolutely deny that, but I wonder if there is a there's a bit of that because she will know you're not going to get anywhere if you just carry on as, as you are. It's bad for patients, of course. There's been more than 500,000 operations and appointments cancelled during the doctor's strikes, during the nurses' strikes, the ambulance dispute. Uh, it's also bad for the Tory government, which is not running the country very well. This is one of many, many mountain problems. Uh, and uh, I think ministers can't just blame workers because you see the level of public support is incredible in this dispute. 67% of people, including some who've been directly affected, having their operations, their appointments, their care uh, disrupted or cancelled, still support the nurses. They're not backing Stephen Bartley, uh, where is he? They, uh, 
health secretary who's like a scarlet pimpernel he'll pop up now and again and do a, a little pre-prepared statement uh, for the uh, for the tv stations what they call a pool clip you know but he very rarely pops up to be grilled on the detail of uh, this dispute and his offer which let's be let's be honest would still mean a pay cut in or in real terms living standards for nurses that's why they rejected it but you know, the unit the unison uh, healthcare workers include, include ambulance uh, crews and others went along and they, they accepted it but the RCN never taken a national strike like this before but some of its uh, some of its nurses have just got the bit between the teeth now and they're, they're sick of watching their living standards being cut so it's, it's going to get really messy this when the when the yeah. union go in separate directions. It's going to get a bit sticky, isn't it? I mean, interesting. I think if you ask the average member of the public who the health secretary was, they would say, um, "Is it that fat woman? Is it Jeremy Hunt? No, he's the, oh, I can't remember." I think Martin's lucky. Actually, <laughs> the more people don't know who he is, he's not well, had a good time yeah. on, does yeah. it? He'd get a lot more criticism, probably. Yeah. What do you think, everybody, about the mega strike? Do you think this is a sensible thing for the nurses to do? Do you support what they're doing, or do you think this has gone a step too far? As we were saying, uh, Kevin says that they've had this 5% pay offer, which was rejected last week. And I explained in my column on Friday that in 2008, a nurse's basic pay would be enough to pay for about 26 cans of Heinz baked beans. But today... Thanks to the rising cost of beans and the below inflation pay rises they've had ever since 2008, uh, that would buy their basic pay will get just seven cans of beans an hour. 26 down to yeah. seven. Uh, well, and the pay rise equates to about a third of a can of beans. Sorry. You know, yeah, no, no, Foxy, all, all, all those figures you say, people can work it out. There's Rishi Sunak, the Prime Minister, again today saying we're going to have uh, a. a we, you've got to embrace maths, get rid of this so-called anti-maths culture. But there isn't a problem with people doing the maths. They can see the value of their wages are falling. They can see the impact of high inflation. They can calculate what is happening to their living standards. There's not a problem with maths in the in the country. There's a problem with Rishi Sunak and Stephen Bartley and a Conservative UK government that is making a pretty bad job uh, of just about everything it touches. No, not doing their own maths very well. Leslie says, I'm getting endless conservative clones attempting to blame the NHS crisis on doctors and nurses. Will you be correcting this? I don't know if you mean in the comments, Leslie, or generally in life or on Facebook, um, but for the, for the avoidance of doubt, all right, um, anybody can, anyone who runs an account, uh, which may even be fake or clone, can see these videos. So they can come on here and comment. Um, but they are usually fairly easy to spot. But for the avoidance of any doubt, all right, the nurses and doctors' strikes are not causing the chaos in the NHS. What's causing the chaos in the NHS is that there are 10% of jobs empty. And that's why the nurses and doctors are on strike, among other reasons, which is that they just cannot keep doing the job of people that aren't there as well as their own for less and less money every year. It's as simple as that. Uh, so although there are some cancelled uh, appointments and operations and everybody wishes there weren't as a result of the strikes, it would be pretty bad even if they weren't striking. There would still be a backlog. There would still be cancelled appointments and operations. It would still be crap, right? So any clones out there trying to tell everybody that it's the nurses causing the problem? <laughs> That's not how it works. Um, now, the government is saying that they can't afford to pay them anymore and it would feed inflation to do this. Lazy says there you can bank on Barkley hiding away. He's useless. Um, but at the bottom of the page on there, Kevin, it's reported we're apparently spending a million pounds a day on private ambulances because we don't have enough of our own. 
there's enough money when it comes to covering up the government's failures, isn't there? They can find the cash for that, but just not for paying the nurses to actually not be a failure in the first place. Yeah, well, all that cash on private ambulances is, is, is the cost of failure, of failing to run a proper ambulance service. And then it becomes you know, the cuts are a false economy because you have to then pay more to private contractors who will want to make a profit on top of whatever you pay them to supply that, that transport. No, it, it's, it's lunacy. But the, the, pro the problems in the NHS are, are, de are deep-seated. The last Labour government rescued the NHS. It, it trebled the cash and waiting lists, uh, plummeted, uh, response times improved, wait for A&E went right down. And then you had a Conservative government in 2010, David Cameron uh, as the Prime Minister, George Osborne as Chancellor, and Jeremy Hunt, uh, who's now the Chancellor, Health Secretary much of the time. And they imposed the tightest financial straitjacket on the NHS, and it's in its history, the tightest since 1948. Spent the spending increases were so minor they went less than in the Tory era of Margaret Thatcher, to give you some idea of how bad it was. And we're seeing the problems now. Yeah, extra cash is going into the NHS, but if you look at it on overall spending of the economy, we're still low by major European standards. And there aren't enough beds, there aren't enough doctors, and aren't enough nurses, there aren't enough other workers. And, and as, as you say, there is a real recruitment and retention crisis. They need a workforce plan to get the NHS into a better place. And yes, that will require spending uh, some money, but let's see it as investment. Because if people are, are healthier, they will work, they will uh, produce uh, incomes, they will pay more tax. And it's not just morally right, it will be good for the economy, but they're very penny pinching this this government. They're without a vision, and the NHS is suffering because of a legacy of thirteen years of what's largely been neglect and abuse. Mm. And Andrew says, "How about they deal with a huge amount of fraud going on in the NHS? Or stop wasting money? The NHS isn't underfunded; it's mismanaged and full of theft." There is obviously mismanagement in every large organisation, Andrea, and there's obviously going to be fraud and everything else. It is not a patch in the NHS on the money that is missing from the system. It's not a patch. And if they're not going to attack or tackle, I would suggest, the fraud, which means people can pay their taxes offshore, and they're not going to tackle the many, many billions of pounds worth of COVID fraud, which they are letting, they're just writing off and letting it happen, they're not going to tackle a few million. Yes, they're not going to give a damn, I'm afraid, Andrea, so... Uh, there are other more important ways to get more money back. Uh, and I wish people would stop talking about the cost of the NHS and start talking a little bit as well about the profits that we get from the NHS. We get a lot of profits from um, some of our developments, medical developments and science, technology and so on. But more than anything else, right, if you want to look at things purely in terms of profit and loss, then the NHS existing saves the lives of millions of cash generating units right all those human beings who are born safely who get to raise their own children who get to live longer lives because they are screened for things all those people are money 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 to the government all right it's not just cash going out of the system cash comes back in as a result of the nhs don't forget it anybody now keep asking us your questions what do you think about the whole situation there's one thing we ought to discuss before we move on to the main story um which is that right on the right hand side of the page there is it Greg Hans, the Tory chairman, is predicting, Kevin, they're going to lose a 1,000 seats in oh. the upcoming local elections, which may be perhaps why the government is just going to have to find a way to fix this. They, they can't win yeah. against the nurses, can they? 
Yeah, and he, and he certainly doesn't think they're going to lose a thousand seats. He thinks they're going to lose fewer. So he goes public on a thousand. And then he claims, oh, look, we've done better than we expected uh, on the Thursday before the coronation. When, uh, fortunately for the government, they will hope public attention will quickly shift on the Charles the Unwanted uh, crowning in Westminster, Westminster Abbey. But no, the Tories are having a bad time. They're still way behind Labour in the polls. They're under threat in their blue wall in the south from Lib Dems nibbling away too. So they will, they will be in a bad time and real votes uh, in those elections in England, in most of England, not all of England or much of England anyway, will will show that um, Sunak and the Tories have got a big problem. But now Greg Hans was just doing the usual um, expectation management. Labour used to do it too. They'll probably do it in this campaign. They'll underestimate what they think they will gain while the Tories overestimate what they think they will lose. Okay, all right. Well, and don't forget, everybody, uh, the local elections, which don't get big turnouts, but they really do should be getting big turnouts because they're the elections that determine how often your bins get collected, what your council tax is, whether the streetlights work or not, whether the police are there when you need them to be. Those are what your local elections are for, how your schools are run. Um, and you will now need official ID in order to vote. If you do not have either postal voting um, or you intend to go to a ballot station, you have to have a driving license, a passport or another form of photo ID. If you do not have it, you have time to go and get it yet. So Google it, have a hunt for it, find a way to get the declaration and help people that you know who might want to vote at the, at the polling station get them to get their photo ID as well and make sure they have it with them when they go. Because if you don't have your passport with you when you turn up and they say, you've got to have your passport, I'll go home and get it. And then something else happens and you forget entirely to vote, which is why they have done it. All right. Make sure you take your photo ID to the polling station. Now, to the main story of the day, which is an investigation into vapes being sold illegally to children. Now, we've all seen it coming home from the train or off the bus stop at, sc at school or something, they're puffing away on something that smells like a toilet duck that's been set on fire. But here is evidence that shop after shop after shop sold a 13-year-old vapes that she should never have got, even vapes that adults shouldn't be able to smoke either because they're illegal. Kevin, take us through this. What exactly did they uncover and how bad is it? Yeah, this is a fantastic bit of uh, public uh, interest journalism by Nick Summerlad, our, our colleague. And this 13-year-old was going mm. undercover, just going as a 13-year-old, into shops, and half the shops she visited sold her uh, vapes. You've got to be 18 and over to buy them, so that's the uh, first uh, offence in these shops. And the second is there are legal controls on the amount of nicotine in vapes, and she was sold uh, liquids that were up to five times above that legal limit. So I think it just shows you there is widespread law-breaking here. And of course, there are wide, widespread concerns, too, on the health impact on nicotine in, in vaping. If, it's, if you're smoking, it's better to vape. But if you don't uh, smoke, don't vape. Uh, but it's people are cashing in. Retailers are the vape industry itself, the tobacco industry, which is moving into vapes. And this is a ticking time bomb for, for kids who are being hooped. And these figures, I mean, it's astonishing. You know, half, roughly half the shops in uh, in, in Manchester uh, sold at sold them. Um, there's about 7 to 11, seven to Seven percent of eleven to seventeen-year-olds are now current users of uh, vapes. I mean, so that's a alarming 10, figure. 
That's astonishing, yeah. Um, and it's good to be said as well. One of the shops did actually stop her and say, um, "We need. have you got ID, proof of being over 18, please? And she said, oh, I've left it at home. And they said, all right, then, sold it to her anyway. I know. Well, you know... Well done for asking for ID. <clears throat> Being, a, being as charitable uh, as I can and usually am, uh, like shops are under pressure. But nevertheless, this is break. This is breaking the law and selling something that is harmful. And we don't know quite the full impact of it, but it's harmful. Nicotine is addictive and not good for you. To kids, it's it's just wrong. But in a trading standards department and local authorities have been hammered by cuts. We've been talking about what happens at the health service. Blimey. Local authorities have taken uh, a and a half. These um, these shops should have been facing a two and a half thousand pound fine for selling this, and they should have been so worried about that fine that therefore they were not going to do it. They're going to be more careful. That's the purpose of the fine. But like you say, trading standards don't come round, and the police certainly don't come round. That's what the law is supposed to say. Now it is yeah. legal to sell vapes to children if they have no nicotine in them. Why? 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 Why would you want to sell a nicotine-free vape to a child, perhaps to get them used to smoking the horrible, stinky thing, so that they yeah. buy the nicotine version? Yeah, it, re it reminds me, Foxy, of when I was uh, when I was a kid. I used to sell candy cigarettes. You could get white candy <laughs> cigarettes with a little red uh, end, which was supposed <laughs> to be lighted, and kids were encouraged. I, I was bought them and. When I was young, so kind of an innocent, naive days, and, you, and kids would, um, you know, suck them like that. And I suppose that's what they're doing with, with, with vapes, without the nicotine in. Who can be young? The Jesuits knew how to do it, and it looks like tobacco companies and the vaping industry certainly knows how to get, 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 kids, get kids when they're young, and you'll have them for life is the theory. Yeah, children are going to want to do whatever they see the grown-ups doing. So if the, if the uh, grown-ups are being encouraged to vape as it's better than smoking, then the children see it and they pick it up. So you obviously were sport when you were a child, Kevin, because what we used to do when we were pretend, smoking pretend cigarettes, we had a little bit of paper and rolled them up and put talcum powder in it and stood in the cloakrooms and went... Which is about to say, <laughs> just to make people sneeze. Anyway, um, that's, that's the levels we... Would, Reduced to. Chelsea says there are kids in Cumbria using vapes as young as 10 years old. It's disgusting, and the parents are allowing it because of this message, I suppose, Kevin, the health messaging that it is healthier. Yeah. Something that goes in is almost like it's not harmful, and it's because it's not like a cigarette. But nicotine is a pesticide, it kills animals, it kills bees. It's so harmful. They're not supposed to buy cigarettes until they're, they're old enough to be addicted already and, you know, stop doing things that they know aren't sensible. Well, there is a, there is a, yeah, there's a, there's an official uh, public health program to get people off cigarettes and tobacco on on the vapes to actually assist them to to do that because most smokers, it's fewer than one in five people smoke now. It's been a huge public health success of banning um, smoking in so many public places, putting up the price. It's been a huge success in decreasing the numbers, but still. There's uh, nearly one in five of us every day trying to kill ourselves with uh, with tobacco. But there is a, a program to get them on a vape. Now, vapes used that way can help because they aren't as risky. But there is a risk. And it's now this attempt to hook people on vaping who would never smoke cigarettes. And this is this is where you, know, you, you can see how how we live and health responses how they, how they evolve over over time mm. but quite clear getting kids is unlawful
And oh. I can't imagine any of these shops or very few of these shops would sell cigarettes or booze to kids now without checking their ID and wanting proof of age. I know it still happens, but I think it's been stamped out. It's been stamped out because trading standards departments in the past have come down heavy on them. I think they'll have to start doing this on vapes. They'll have to they'll have to get their own mystery shoppers, their own kids going. If those shops uh, then sell sell them vapes, uh, selling them uh, illegally, they'll have to they'll have to deal with it. Maybe it's a warning the first time round, or maybe it's straight to court and a fine. Yeah, they've got to come down a bit heavier on it. You'd have thought, and obviously do some science to prove exactly what exactly is happening inside your body when you inhale these things. And Lazy says, how regulated are these vapes? I dread to think what chemicals go into them. From the smell, Lazy, it's uh, it's mostly toilet duck as I, I can imagine. Um, but then again, cigarettes smell like the back end of a lorry's exhaust and people still smoke those, don't they? Now, um, these things, like we've said, are supported by the NHS as an aid to stop smoking, but they've still got this nicotine. And I can remember a few years ago, Kevin, seeing reports saying, all oh, the tobacco companies have moved into doing this thing called vaping, which apparently is so much better, but there's still some health concerns. And I expect if it's, uh, you know, the big tobacco companies that are behind the whole thing, then maybe, you know, they don't really have human health really as a record of having human health as, as their main driver, shall we say. Um, yeah. They're not known for their enthusiasm for keeping us alive, are they? And all these vapes, they require batteries with trace elements that have to be mined from the earth, uh, and most of which are non-recyclable. They've got non-recyclable canisters and containers that get dumped. They pollute the environment. You'd think your average, is it Generation Z? Your Greta Thunberg type, your snowflake, your, your teenager right now would be very, very anti these things. But it's really amazing what an addiction can convince people to overcome, isn't it, Kevin? Oh, well, yeah, nicotine is incredibly addictive. I, I do have sympathy for people who are trying to kick the habit and they, they need a bit of understanding and, and a bit of uh, help. Uh, I, I reserve my abuse for the industry that, uh, that's trying to trap them in the in the first place and keep them as as customers. But I think we can, you know, Generation Z, whatever you want to call it, I, can, I think we can overstate the... You know, the, the whole range of people's uh, attitude to being fitter and clean living, as you, you put it. Uh, I think there are still a lot of people having chips and crisps and drinking too much. Well, Not when you're 17, that's absolutely, that is a health food, isn't it? It's probably the closest you get to a vegetable most of the time. I certainly lived on. Yeah, well, well I've, I've got to warn you that tomato crisps are not one of your five a day. They won't qualify. But no, look. <laughs> And we all, we all we, easy, so that should be vitamin D, right? Yeah, we all we all have weaknesses, don't we? We all you just need some help. I mean, that's what it is. And uh, yeah. restrict restricting tobacco, which kills, I think, prematurely eighty thousand people a, a year in Britain. Eighty thousand people go to an early grave uh, or crematorium because of tobacco. Now that's that's down quite considerably from uh, you know a few years ago. It was over a hundred thousand. But never, nevertheless, it, vape, vapes itself is not, not is not a clean, healthy alternative. And no. the, the medical effects aren't fully known, but it's got to be negative when nicotine isn't good for you. No, we do know that nicotine can kill in high doses. It's particularly bad for small children. Uh, and there are other governments around the world which warn against the using of it, unlike ours. Um, and of course, if you're pregnant and you're vaping, the nicotine can do serious damage to the fetus. So it's really not recommended. Um, and it's it's also, uh, what was I going to say? I was going to point something out there and my mind's gone completely blank. It's been a very long Easter holiday, everybody. Um, so nicotine is bad for you. It's bad for your fetus. Please don't smoke it. Uh, and 
uh, obviously needs someone to crack down on this and stop them being sold to children because it's a very bad thing. Uh, added to which, of course, you walk around smelling like you're smoking an air freshener. It's just not cool. Try using tack and powder instead. <laughs> Works a treat. Now, um, thank you, everybody, for those. Uh, get, get into the comments and ask us if you've got any more questions. Do you vape? Have you found it better? Is it all? Is it a better way of giving up smoking? Or are you still actually addicted to vaping and it hasn't really changed anything? I know someone once who tried to get off smoking by uh, using nicotine patches and just ended up being more addicted to nicotine because he put the patch on every five seconds. And then when he went back to smoking again, smoked more than he did before to start with. Anyway, it's all to do with tobacco. It only took us 500 years to figure out tobacco is bad and start smoking less of it. Maybe we'll manage to figure that out with vaping a bit quicker. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Anyway, thank you for that, Kevin. Thank you, everyone. We need to move on now because there is some good news in the world. We found it for you, and this is really good. Here it is. Now, this is possibly the best animal story of the year so far, all right? Every word of this, I started laughing, and I laughed again with the next sentence. I laughed more the more it went on. So an emu, that's already funny, called Rodney, right? triggered a five-hour police search. He went on the run like Raoul Moat um, after he fled his pen in Suffolk. He was being looked after, of all things, by a pet sitter. Apparently emus need them. Uh, but he got frightened in a storm and burst through his fence. So the police were called, the RSPCA were called, the RSPB were called, and his owners even came back on holiday. Um, they spent five hours searching for Rodney. His owners came back, as I said. They eventually found him a mile away, and when he saw his owner, Rodney, who is six foot tall, he says, his owner says, he came over and let me put my arms around his neck and give him a cuddle. Oh. Now, Rodney is now staying with another female emu down the road. Apparently Suffolk is full of them uh, while they repair his fences. So, Kevin, <clears throat> is this proof that even a spindly six footer called Rodney can find a way to shuck up with a bird in the end? I know, he's... He's come up trumps, hasn't he? He's, he's won. He's, yeah, he's, 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 he's uh, very old school language. But uh, I, I like the, uh, the fact the owner enticed him over to the car with food, which is what you would do with a dog or a cat or a budgie if they went missing. Goldfish yeah. would be a bit different. But, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what emus eat. It was Grotbag's face every time I ever saw an emu eat anything. So uh, a seed of some sort. That's Roadrunner, isn't it? I tell you, if I... If, if I bumped into that e emu, can he whatever it wants if I've got it? I'm going to tackle <laughs> What if it was called Rodney and he wanted a cuddle? If it, all he wanted from you was a cuddle, Kevin, would you be able to do it? God, you'd be terrified, wouldn't you? You'd look at, <laughs> you'd look at that beak and you'd think it's going to have your eye out. Um, <laughs> quite nice, but yeah. I mean, you know. It's, uh, it's presumably quite harmful. I'm sure it's, it's well looked after, isn't it? So yes, uh, exactly. get, It's not the Grand National. <laughs> He's got his bird in the end, which I suppose is the important bit. But I just watch out for Suffolk, Kevin, because it's full of the damn things. Yeah. They're obviously <laughs> they're everywhere. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, thank you for that. Thank you, everyone, for taking part. Um, we'll have to sort of see how things go with the nurses' mega strike, which is coming, I think, at the end of the month. Then the nurses are going to have to reballot for any strike action because their their existing ballot, the mandate, has run out. So if they do anything else after that, they've got to reballot again. And there's also a meeting uh, at the beginning of May, the NHS Staff Council, where the unions will all get together and decide if they're going to accept the sort of the general pay offers that they've received from the government or not, which may change everything all over again. Uh, and in the meantime. Um, 
I dare say the health secretary, who apparently is called Steve Barkley, but no one knows what he looks like or has ever seen him, um, was going to do absolutely nothing about vapes being sold to children. What could possibly be the long-term health consequences of feeding children pesticides? None whatsoever. Thank you, government. Uh, and we'll see you all again next oh, on Wednesday, actually, for another edition of the News Agenda. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks, everybody else. Uh, see you all on Wednesday. Tati, bye. Bye.